Let's face it, people have different sleep needs. While you love your partner, sleeping next to them might not always be the most comfortable. Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Maybe you prefer a firmer mattress and your partner needs something softer. Because of the individualized comfort that you get from Sleep Number Smart Beds, you and your partner will sleep better together. All Sleep Number Smart Beds feature cooling, pressure-relieving comfort layers for soothing sleep throughout the night. And their temperature balancing bedding is designed to move heat and moisture away when you're hot. When you're cool, they hold their energy to help warm you. The smart beds even automatically respond and adjust to your movements so you sleep comfortably all night long. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards only at a sleep number store or sleepnumber.com that's not just the sound of that first sip of morning joe it's the sound of someone shopping for a car on carvana from the comfort of home that's a good blend it's time to take it easy like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes talk about starting the morning right just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. This is me riding the subway back in May. I'm up a lot earlier than I usually like to get up on a weekend, and I'm really not a morning person. At that point, I was not really sure whether I was interested in this story or not. I'm going to meet with Xing. She's the coach of the Shanghai Sirens. The Shanghai Sirens is China's first single-gender women's ultimate frisbee team. They're like a club team, you know, like an adult league that plays games and practices on the weekends. Xing has graciously invited me to come to the Sirens Saturday morning practice. In two weeks, they will be competing in the Shanghai Open, which is Shanghai's big frisbee tournament. Uh, and I've come to learn and see how they've been preparing the team. When I arrived at the field, I saw Xing standing on the sidelines, observing her players and shouting commands. Yeah, I'm, I'm very injured. So oh, I've been coaching for the season. Oh, my my ligament, my ligament, I tore my ligament. So I'm gonna miss Shanghai Open. She's the team's coach. She's great at multitasking. She would answer my questions and without missing a beat, shout her commands to the other 14 women dashing around the field. What are you guys, what are you guys practicing right now? No, so we always do a vertical, you know vertical, right? <laughs> so we always do, so what we good at, we get very good at vertical. So like everyone, all the cutters like a, do a vertical stack in the middle and then cut to the both sides. But now we are learning horizontal. I can't tell you how little I should care about this topic at, at face value. I don't want to sound totally glib here, but the thing is, I just don't really care about sports that much. I actually played sports for most of my life pretty begrudgingly. My family is full of really fit and sporty people, and throughout my life they've kind of coerced me into playing football and baseball and going on hikes and all of that stuff. But let's say I'm more naturally inclined to indoor activities like listening to music and reading. In my adulthood, I've really sworn off sports. I'm really not interested in sports. To be clear, I, I hold nothing against Frisbee or the women that play it. 
But maybe as a stranger's listener, you're wondering what got me up at this ungodly hour on a Saturday to watch a Frisbee practice. Well, just listen to Daisy here. Well, I was in Suzhou. There's still like half hour from my apartment to the train station. So in total, like around this, like four hours for trip and two hours for practice. A couple years ago, Daisy didn't live in Shanghai. And in order to practice and play, she would commute for two and a half hours after work just so that she could come play recreational Frisbee. Four trips and two hours for practice. Why, why did you do that? That's so crazy. That's why I became interested in this. Daisy and the other women of the Shanghai Sirens, China's first single-gender women's Frisbee team, need Frisbee. They're obsessed with it. And it was that kind of fervor that caught my attention, that made me obsessed with the Sirens. The story of the Sirens and their 2020 season, the season that was never really supposed to happen, really hooked me in. I ended up going so much deeper, getting so much more involved than I ever intended to. This story is important. It's both rare and typical, and it embodies something so much bigger and so much more important than itself. And that's why in 2020, the worst year in modern history possibly, I became obsessed with women's frisbee. You're listening to Strangers in China, Season 2. Chapter 1, The Siren's Song. Now, I got a question. Why do yeah. you do all your coaching in English when so many of you guys... It's, are... I know, I know. It's ridiculous because the only reason we have to do it in English is because we have one like, uh, American girl. Oh. So we want her to you know, feel included too. Oh, Xing was the coach that was never meant to be. Due to COVID, their coach, who's an American guy named Adam, never made it back to China and is stuck in the U.S. Oof, hope he's safe. So Xing, the founder and the first captain of the Sirens, had to reluctantly step into the coaching role. So you see, like, if you have to play you know, high-level frisbee, you have to speak a little bit English, at least a little bit English. So they're getting ready for the Shanghai Open, which is their home field tournament. Teams from all over China will compete. Teams from Beijing, Shenzhen, Ningbo, etc. Like, do, you, do you guys expect to do well? Or? Yeah, we expect to. So we were the champion for the next last... Oh, oh, like, um, all the, to- the last last few years, we have, we've been the champion. Now, Xing, who we've been talking to, is the coach, but the Sirens also has captains. This is Johanna, one of the team's captains. I've played soccer before, but I didn't really like it. I don't really like all that intense bumping into each other. It's easy to get hurt that way. Frisbee isn't that dangerous, but it's still very intense and pretty competitive. Towards the end of practice, I saw one woman resting her ankle on the sideline while the others did drills. Her name is Eva, and she's one of the women I talk to a lot through this process. I'm like a very senior player. <laughs> I'm actually older player. on the team. I'm like, oh, really? uh, I used to have, I think last year I had a teammate on Sirens. I was like double the age, like a high school kid. Really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we have, we have three teammates, uh, you know, left China uh, before March 28th. Yeah. They cannot come back. When we talk to them, they feel so jealous of us. We're still playing. So March 28th, 2020 is a day that will live in infamy, especially amongst expats living in China. That was the day that the border shut down completely due to COVID. 
the borders were sealed off and they stopped issuing visas. So if you were stuck outside of the border, you couldn't come back to China. All of us foreigners know people whose apartments were left abandoned or were split up from their family or pets. Similarly, we all know stories of the lucky ones who got back just in time before the border closed. Back in March, COVID was pretty scary in China, but now we're out playing Frisbee and having a good time and going to bars and restaurants. For the most part, 2020 wasn't about living in lockdown if you lived in China. Anyway, back to Eva. There's a lot of activities going on right now. And we still have, a, we, have we also have a league gameplay, which is a mixed game. And the Shanghai Open is a single gender. It's like an open, more, more like a single gender teams. While I was talking to Eva, I noticed there was a team practicing in the next field. It looked like a men's team, or, or so I thought. But in among the men was one singular woman standing on the sidelines. I didn't really think much of it at the time, but we're going to talk about her later. So there are 15 women on the sirens this year, and I talked to many of them in one capacity or another over the course of so many months. But I really came to center my story on just three of them. Uh, I'm, I'm Xing. People call me Xing. I'm from Shanghai. I'm local. Xing, she's the coach, the one that you heard from earlier. This is Maisie. My Chinese name is Li Xiaomeng, mm-hmm. and people also call me Maisie. Mm-hmm. Where are you from? Uh, I'm originally from Hebei province. You heard from Eva earlier. Me and Eva were just goofing around before the interview, and she did this like pretty funny Trump impression. You're being recorded now. Come on. Fake news. (laughs) It's Wednesday, right? So two days ago, it's me, Xin, and Eva's like friendship anniversary, five Uh, years anniversary. uh, Five year anniversary. Yeah, at the five years ago, uh, when the summer, when the spring league finished, and we took the very first group picture together. These three are best friends. They met playing Frisbee five years ago, and they are completely inseparable. Have you been like, uh, have a friend that you've been like uh, for a long time and he's just super comfortable? He's always been there, you know, like whatever happens, you can share your life with, and you know, you can like count on them, like something you would, they wouldn't misunderstand you. And that's the greatest feeling in the world. Who are these women that play frisbee? I'm always moving forward, always moving forward. I want to get the new knowledge. I want to know the world. I want to to, to be who I really want to be. I don't want to be uh, someone people like me, especially my family, my, my, my peer, expecting me to be. Eva's journey is so different from her friends. She's older than them by eight years. And the expectations for someone born in the 80s versus somebody born in the 90s in China are so completely different. She had to fight and push to be the person that she is now. She's a lawyer, but that wasn't the life her parents decided for her. I have a different educational background. I'm most Chinese. Then I was supposed to be a police policewoman. Her family put her in the police academy in her hometown. Their mentality was that this would be a very secure job and it would provide her a very stable life. But she was far too ambitious for her hometown. Um, but I was so young. I was only 19 years old. And, uh, and I don't want to like spend my life in my small hometown, you know, can see a 
predictive future. So I told my parents I want to do a law degree. So I was、uh, read the biography of American president. Which one?、Uh, Abraham Lincoln.、Mm. And she was a lawyer. He he was a lawyer, right?、Mm. Um. So I was like, okay, it's interesting because in the police academy, I also studied law,、uh, economic law. So I'm interested. I said,、uh, maybe I want to be a lawyer. I told my parents, convinced my parents、uh, to let me come to Shanghai to get a law degree. And at first,、uh, they're Um, told me no, like、uh, no, 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 no. Now you can get a job here. We can provide you everything. You know, you can just have a fun husband and you know have a car and you can have a happy life, right?、Um, but if you go to Shanghai, big city like that, we cannot protect you.、Um, so I literally kneeled down. Actually, literally, I remember because it was the last week I have to enroll in the school, and I literally kneeled down and、I、say, "Okay, let me do this." And you don't have to, you know, you don't have to protect me, blah blah blah. And finally, my mom agreed. In two years, I found an、uh, opportunity with a law firm and、uh, and worked very hard to pass bar exam and got a license. And、uh, life became much easier ever ever since. When you see Maisie on the field, you can tell immediately that she's serious. She's a natural athlete. This didn't go unnoticed by her gym teachers when she was growing up as well. She was on the path to be recruited at a young age to compete competitively at a province level in track and field.、Okay. So when you go to the PE class and the PE teacher says, "Ah, you girl, you're good. Maybe you can come to、uh, join our track and field team." And do some practice, you know, and also compete with other schools. But when I was in primary school, and I practiced track and field, so my major at that time was 100 meter sprint, 200 meter sprint, and long jump and triple jump. The thing about sports in China is, in school and growing up, they're only really encouraged at a highly competitive level. There was some consideration whether she should be going to a special sports school. Those sports schools are sort of feeders for Olympic teams and national teams, but Maisie wasn't quite competitive enough. After that,、uh, when I go to middle school, and my middle school headmaster saying that, okay, so Maisie, your、uh, your ranking is not very stable. Sometimes you can be top ten, but sometimes you're only top twenty. It's not good. You shouldn't do any sports. Your only only thing you need to do is focus on your study. And that's exactly what I do. <laughs> so, from middle school, high school, I'm a good student. I just focus on my study. Chinese schools have PE, but sports outside of that just aren't encouraged at all. There aren't any opportunities afforded to student athletes. So, playing sports recreationally just isn't done when you're a kid in China. When class is over, students study. If you're doing sports and What's your future like? Because for most of the people, if you are practicing sports and you are kind of like a sports specialized、uh, student, it means in the future, the only thing that you can do probably to be a professional athlete. But professional athlete is a high risk. Like, what if you're injured? What if you couldn't get top ranking?、Mm-hmm. And what if you only focus on practicing and not really focus on gain more knowledge? When you're injured or when you couldn't do any of the sports-related work, then what can you do? You don't have a good grade and you don't go to a good college. Myself and also my my family is is worried about that. Right. So just choose the most safest way is to study. Yeah. And with that, 
any potential that was there was just put on hold. Her athletic self had to be subsumed beneath the crushing pressure of Chinese academics. I feel like sports stopped, uh, sport disappeared in my life during middle school and high school. And then it came, it's coming back um, while I was in college. It's just, it's, seriously, it's disappeared six years. In contrast to Maisie, Xing isn't somebody you would just assume would love sports. And as she describes it, she had no affinity for sports as a kid. She's actually an illustrator, and she says as a kid, she spent a lot of her time drawing. She actually got into Frisbee by mistake. So she joined the Frisbee club by accident because the word in Chinese for Frisbee was indistinct from the word UFO. She told me that when like the club members like brought her out to the field, even at that point, she still thought that they were gonna like go out with telescopes and look for UFOs. Chang, <laughs> and then just, just, we just gathered at Chao Chang, and then I thought like, what are we gonna do? Observe, find the UFOs or something. <laughs> it turns out it's a sport. <laughs> You got that far and you didn't know this was a sport? Because I signed up lots of show and then so I thought it would be like a one of them, one of them would be fun. The other reason she joined Frisbee and stuck with Frisbee for a while is because, well, she had a crush. Kind of had a crush on one of the seniors. Gotcha. <laughs> so like I kind of stick to it because like, you know, I want to hang out with the senior. So a little sidebar about me. If it weren't for a crush I had my freshman year of college, I would have never started learning Chinese. That means I would have never gone to China, so presumably I would not be speaking to you right now. So at the, so at the end of my freshman year, my crush, the lady in question, she told me like, oh, hey, I'm going to take Chinese next year. I had no plan on taking Chinese, but I was like, oh my god, me too. And I immediately like ran out to the registrar like a total creep and signed up for Zhongwan, Yaoling, Yao with Yao Laoshi. Me and her ended up not even being in the same class, but I don't know, strangely enough, I really like Chinese. I ended up going to Beijing for my junior year abroad. And then I became a Chinese major basically because I had to for credits. <laughs> my crush didn't even stick with Chinese. She like gave it up after a semester. But it's funny how a crush in both mine and Xing's cases can change the course of your life. So just to be clear, neither Xing nor I ever got with our crushes. But Xing started playing Frisbee as just like a total fluke. And that progressed to her becoming one of the best players in Shanghai. She became the founder, the captain, and then the coach of the Shanghai Sirens, the first all-women's Frisbee club team here in China. What was the first like competition that you were in? Mm, Singapore Open. It was like a very high-level tournament in Asia. Hope he's not listening to this, but I, the guy I had a crush on, <laughs> he invited me to this team. So he came to Singapore to introduce me to the, like, the Frisbee community there. Frisbee has only really existed competitively in China since 2007, and it sort of was seen as a foreign import. 
a lot of the early players were people who had either studied abroad or lived abroad, or they were actually foreigners living in China. It's Xing and Maisie's generation who took up the mantle and started shaping Frisbee into a Chinese sport. Now many major colleges and even some international high schools have Frisbee teams. But Maisie and Xing were there at the conception of Frisbee as a college sport in China. Eva, already a working professional, started to play as something to do after work when her roommate dragged her to a couple practices here in Shanghai. So I went first time, second time. I didn't like it, actually. I was like, it's quite a runny and I'm good at it, I'm good at throwing. And the third time, I sort of getting getting a little bit interested. And then I started playing with them for a local team. Uh, nobody's super like good. But then we, I started uh, I started playing the league again, and that's when I started getting better. Maisie, like many others who come to Frisbee, didn't understand the beauty of the sport or the potential of the sport until she went to her first big tournament. I think the tournaments are really exciting for Chinese players because they're just so fun and, and kind of goofy. In everyday life in China, there's not actually a lot of room for goofiness. The rigors and boredom of everyday school or career life are just so in contrast to the liveliness of a Frisbee tournament. It's, it's opened my eye, actually. Uh, there are people from all around the world, Chinese and foreigners. Uh, there are many, so many cool people. The only thing is there's so many cool people. And also your teammates will say, ah, that's a good point. And they'll come for you and they high five with you. And then they feel, wow, that's a really good community. Like everyone loves each other and to treat each other like sister and brothers. That's the that's very first time I, I know that Frisbee, Frisbee is very, very attractive sports. I think it's important that I give you a bit more context. These three women, and a few others, went on to form the Shanghai Sirens, the first single-gender women's frisbee team in China. And maybe as a listener, you're like, oh, cool, righteous, girl power. Like, they did a good job. But I think to, like, fully appreciate what an undertaking this was, you have to understand what they're up against. Then you'll understand that it is really cool and badass that they started the Sirens. There's a lot of things standing in the way of these women playing Frisbee. It's true that these women spend a lot of time and a surprising amount of money to play Frisbee. It's a lot of commitment right at the outset. There are those barriers to entry, but there's also an entire society that not only doesn't value or care about women's Frisbee, this society actively saps interest and passion away from the players of women's Frisbee. And I think it's important that we come to understand how that all works. So in the broadest way possible, the biggest underlying problem for sports teams in China is just that there's not that much interest in sports to begin with. Our Chinese kids not really focus on the PE yeah. since we are young. Mm -hmm. So when we grow up, I don't think we have the tradition, can I say tradition or a habit that will keep you doing sports. Maybe doing sports a little bit, like go to gym and jogging around, but it's not really like, you know, when you are, when you are, uh, when you are a kid in the US and you play 
football together, you play volleyball together. You know that type of the team sport. Yeah. But in China, not I, I didn't see a lot of like team sports community. Yeah. And you know only like team sports can bring people kind of like sense of the team, sense of the group. Maybe not so much in Shanghai, but more broadly in China, sports and even recreational exercise is still just catching on. Like me as an American male. I, from a young age, was always compelled culturally and even academically to do sports. Schools in China promote fitness and health with a set of various, like, physical testing standards. I don't think this endears people to the idea of recreational exercise. Because of this lack of familiarity with sports, especially team sports, Xing notices that a lot of the women who are interested, who want to put in the effort and come out to play, lack the basic skills. Not only do they lack skills, but they lack like a competitive attitude when they step out on the field. At the beginning, when we do tryouts, right, we want people to do sprints. Mm -hmm. Then people, but people don't know how to accelerate because we never accelerated before. <laughs> so we don't know what's like a, so like a, this is a finishing line, right? People will just like come and then stop and say, ah, you know, we are done and stuff like this. Instead of like just spring through the line, instead of being competitive and I want to win, I want to be better. People will be like, ah, oh, friendship is the most important thing. Part of like sort of a large underlying issue is that sports broadly, but frisbee specifically, aren't as highly valued by the government. And therefore, they're just not that valued in society. So there actually was some interest in Frisbee from the government. Xing talks about when they organized a national team a few years ago, uh, and Xing was on that team. They organized the team to go to an international, like, world's Frisbee tournament. But basically, as soon as the tournament was over, so was the support for Frisbee. Only time, like, my achievement, like, <laughs> in Frisbee, that was, like, a officially recognized like a, so it's when the government are willing to put money in the frisbee and then organize a national team so we were on the news there were interviews they, we were on cctvs and stuff really? and that's the first official like a national team that's when you know i'm considered you know finally succeeded in frisbee even though like i you know i've done those international tournaments many times yeah. For, like for Chinese people, if it's only it's recognized by the government, you know, yeah. then that's something you gotta take seriously. So in China, government sponsorship of stuff is paramount to its success. Uh, we're gonna explore this a lot more this season. But in talking about sports, I just anecdotally, I remember a few years ago, Xi Jinping claimed that he really liked soccer. And it was crazy. It was like all of a sudden, people who a week before knew literally nothing about soccer were asking me like who my favorite Premier League team was for Euro, whatever. Um, sorry, I don't know anything about sports, but like that—that that just goes to show how endorsement by the government can change everything. Needless to say, frisbee hasn't had much sustained attention from the government at all. The Frisbee community remains relatively small. So we're kind of going big brain here, missing the forest for the trees. It, it may be that Chinese society doesn't value anything but Olympic-level sports, 
but it's also the mundane things. Like, who the fuck has time for recreational sports? People in China have really cruel and strange working hours. If you want to do anything outside of work or family in China, you really have to consciously go above and beyond a normal person's capacity. Consider Maisie's schedule and keep in mind that hers may be a bit extreme, but it's not that out of the ordinary. What does what your work week look like? It's not very standard because I'm working on marketing. So, you know, marketing always you have like last mini requests. When I was most busy, okay, I go to office on around 9.30, the latest time that I work until 3 a.m. Oh my God. Yeah, 3 a.m. still in the office. Yeah. That's and, not an average work week, but. Yeah, but this is the craziest time. Right. But still, uh, for normal OT work, I used to work 10 p.m., 11 p.m., or 9.30 p.m. You know, for me, that's normal. Yeah. So what we've explored here so far is true for anyone who's an athlete in China. But there are issues that are actually specific to women. Because it's very hot during summer. So, you know, Chinese people, like the girls would be like, uh, why? I don't know how to say yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, we yeah, my friend would say, oh, you look so ugly right now. <laughs> Stop oh playing God. that. Yes. We've explored this a bit before in Strangers in China, that there is this sort of colorist sentiment in China. As far as beauty standards go, women who have whiter skin are seen as being more beautiful. Therefore, women shouldn't be out playing in the sun. That's sort of what Daisy is describing here. Oh, my grandma's always like uh, not liking me playing frisbee because like she's always like, uh, you're so tender, like because uh, like because uh, I'm very skinny, right? So she always say you're so tender, skinny. You look like a refugee. So Xing echoes Daisy here, but I think it's important to remember everything is kind of intersectional. So there's a lot of sexism in China, but from what I researched. Historically, China has been pretty egalitarian when it comes to women in sports. Unlike in many Western societies, women weren't barred from playing sports really ever. Since China has been coming to the Olympics, their female athletes have actually been more successful than their male counterpoints for a host of complicated reasons. Getting to the sentiments Xing alludes to about her grandmother here though, certainly these ideas are rooted in sexist beauty standards, but they may also be rooted in classism. Sports hasn't always been a question of gender in China, but it has always been a question of class. Sports historically, traditionally, are for working class people. I don't mean to marginalize these issues because they are important and they do sap a lot of enthusiasm and drive from some of the women that play Frisbee. They stand in the way of a lot of people in China trying and enjoying team sports. And to me, that is a tragedy that China is so sports deprived. But honestly, the women I talked to from the Sirens didn't let any of these issues get to them. They are fully committed to Frisbee. They love it and are willing to spend their time, their money, and energy to continue. But the formation of the sirens actually came out of one of the biggest issues that women playing frisbee have. For the women that went on to form the sirens, men were a big issue. 
After college, Xing and Maisie moved to Shanghai for work and got involved in the Frisbee community here. That was back in 2014, 2015. Back then, the only teams that you could play on in Shanghai are what are known as mixed teams. Mixed teams have no specific gender. Anyone can play on them. And as I understand, they balance the number of male and female players on the field at any given time. I asked Eva what her experience was like on the mixed teams. And as a woman, you actually unless you play very aggressive. I think comparatively I'm pretty aggressive, so I get the get the, touch the disc a lot. But I see uh, most of the girls, if they're even a little bit shy, less aggressive, they don't get the opportunity to touch the disc as much as uh, to uh, over those guys. For the women who went on to form the Sirens, I heard this over and over. That when they play on mixed teams, which they still all do in their off seasons, they are less likely to get past to. Right now, we're split into levels. The first half of the year is single gender. The second half of the year is mixed. I play both, but I prefer playing on the women's team. On the mixed team, as a woman, you can't do as much. The men are really good, and they run faster and are taller. So the opportunities for women to catch and throw the discs are pretty limited. When you're on the women's team, you have to do a lot more. You have to handle everything on the field. Let me go in on this for a second because it comes up a bunch later. There's a lot of discussion about the men are better than the women. For the sake of simplicity in this piece, I will hold it as a constant that men are, in fact, more, quote, competitive. Um, and the reason I, I will argue that is because all of the women that I talk to describe what it's like to play on a team with men, and they feel it. And it's also just the truth that when men and women play Frisbee on a team together, the case is that women get the Frisbee less, either because they're not as capable or they're perceived as not as capable of handling the Frisbee. So just keep that in mind as we move forward. Wait, it was, it was fun playing with them, but I did feel like, a, like I wasn't very confident. I like a, never felt like a, even though I'm like a, the best woman player on the team, but I just never felt confident. Like I never get to like give a chance to like opportunity to lead or anything. So that unfortunate truth was part of the impetus for Xing wanting to start the sirens. China's first single gender, first women's club team. She started the team with her boyfriend, Evan, in 2015. Evan actually came on to act as their coach for their first season. And then with more and more girls showing up and saying, hey, we have enough girls, why not have a girls team? After starting the Sirens, after their first practices together, all of the women that I talked to told me just how great it was to have their own team. Tian Tian, the other captain of the Sirens, breaks down for me just why it's so much better to be on an all-women's team. I think in playing Frisbee, most of my improvements came after I joined the women's team. It's not as fun playing on the mixed team because I have much less playing time. I think on the women's team, there's also a lot more trust between the players. That gives you the confidence to do things you wouldn't dare to do on the mixed team. As a woman, playing on the mixed team, if you make a mistake, it means 
means the whole team gets a turnover. And I don't want to take that risk. So... I, I never try, so I never, like, progress. I heard this over and over again from all of the players that I talked to, that their improvement was so much faster and their play was so much more comfortable playing on an all-women's team. The first year playing was a bit rocky, but they pulled the team together out of a huge mix of women with totally different abilities. First year, so we had lots of players in Shanghai, like the, but the, the level of players were very different. So some were very, very good, some were like very beginner, but the point of starting a woman like a team or a woman ultimate to make the women beginners feel in a safe environment to, to grow. So like we all, of course we want to those, want those women beginners join us, right? It wasn't all smooth sailing in the beginning. Teams are always more like families than friends because although there's a shared purpose, there are a lot of clashing elements. At the very beginning, everyone is still like a little bit mad because everyone is trying to say what's our vision and what we want to be and how this team gonna last. So everyone is, is trying to see how they fit in this team. And also people are still have different vision and different idea of how the team can develop. Try to like be friends with all my teammates, but sometimes like because you, as you said, there's so many personalities, right? But we're together to play a sport together, not say like to be lifetime friends. So there's also like always there's a line there. How do you like keep them as friends? But you know, sometimes you just can't be friends with anyone, everyone, right? Since 2015, they've definitely had their fair share of issues as a team. But they've always remained strong. The Sirens have a short spring season that culminates in the Shanghai Open. And even though competition from around China has gotten better, they've won the Shanghai Open every year. So what about the name, though? Where did the name Sirens come from? At the beginning, right? We, want, we need to have a name, but we want a serious club team name. So we looked at this uh, very fierce siren, uh, this fierce moment. Mm-hmm. The sirens, like we eat men and then Because <laughs> at the beginning, in order to promote women, so you have to, you know, trash men, <laughs> trash mom mix. <laughs> gotcha. Okay, that's interesting. So like, it's the sirens like the Greek, the Greek uh, monsters. Yeah, man, yeah, 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 yeah. Sirens was a bit of tongue-in-cheek marketing to frame themselves in opposition to the men's team. Sirens, of course, being the monsters uh, in female form from Greek mythology that sing beautiful songs and tempt men, sailors, to their imminent deaths. Putting together the sirens and keeping the sirens together is hard work, as we'll see. But it all feels worth it, because these women love Frisbee, and playing on the sirens has given them the confidence to grow in an environment made for women. Why, I mean, why do you do Frisbee? First, the sport itself is fun. Yeah. You have to really take time, take effort, make effort to be good. You can always get better, get better, get better, and uh, you can play competitive. You can, you can, it feels good when you can do something and people, others cannot do, and you can coach them, you can teach them. This community is so nice. And we, besides playing frisbee, we actually hang out together. You just get a lot of positive energy. Like, do you think that like, like playing sports, feeling like you're good at them, uh, has made you like more confident just generally? Oh, definitely, because like, uh, uh, you know, because I, I played a 
played for a long time, right? and I was like captain for national teams, and I was like a co- uh, now I'm coaching my own team, and I was the captain for Sirens, which is the you know very good team in, chi- in China. And I think that like, lots of people know about me, so that definitely make me very confident. I remember, <laughs> I remember this one year we won Shanghai Open, and then the next day we have to go to work, right? I mean. Monday after big tournament, it was miserable, <laughs> and then you have to go to work and have to listen to you know boring meetings. I remember I posted on my WeChat and said, "I'm the champion of Shanghai Open. How could you talk to me like this?" <laughs> what's What's your personal goal for the tournament? My personal goal, I have three goals. The very first goal to have my best performance mentally and physically on the field, make smart decision. And the second goal for me is to be very supportive outfield, love my teammate, give a lot of hugs, cheer people up when they are not, when they are feeling down. And the third goal is no matter how hard the game gonna be, no matter how bad the weather will be, no matter how tired I will be, uh, never give up, never surrender. I love my teammate, and I and I love to play frisbee, and really enjoy the sport. And thanks for interviewing us. Absolutely. So back in 2017, Eva realized just how special the sirens were. There just aren't that many opportunities for people, but especially women to play organized sports independently here in China. She felt like she needed to document what they were doing, so she made a short documentary film about the sirens. Uh, back then, I was sort of like uh, thinking, um, maybe this is something worse uh, to remember. Um, we were a group of like, uh, we, we don't like, uh, we don't have a lot of people. We have only like um, 20 girls, around 20 girls, and we are doing something completely, sheerly out of passion. I found it's, it's, it's nice looking back and to see how we traveled so far, like uh, how we started all of this and uh, what motivated us. You can see a little bit from that documentary, I think. It's, I wouldn't call it like a real documentary, but it's just still something. This is the Tongji University's soccer field. This is the place where the sirens train for their 2017 season. They are practicing for the season's single gender tournament here in Shanghai. We're practicing for the SCSC in March. So, yeah, here's Xing. She's speaking as a captain. Practices will be tryouts. A new group of players will be selected from the tryouts for the roster. We are looking for new players with potential. The team will spend four hours a week at the field practicing for the SCSE tournament. The Sirens was formed not that long ago. Since the beginning, we haven't always known how to do it, but we've learned on our own. This was a new voice for me. On the screen, it says that she's one of the captains for the 2017 season. I would like to mention this year's captain election. 
personally, I'm honored to be elected and understand this means I have a lot of responsibility. I thought at first she must be one of the players that's stuck abroad due to COVID. And that's why I haven't met her. I need to find a way to improve a team that's already made such a great effort. To my teammates, I say, we should have faith in each other and work together, not only to improve ourselves, but to help develop women's ultimate in China. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I recognized her. She was the one I saw at the first practice. She was the one that was playing with the team of all men. Seeing this made me wonder, what, what happened here? Why was the captain of the team from 2017 playing with the boys now? I said at the beginning that I wasn't really interested in sports. And to be fair, watching the Siren season was awesome. Seeing the women that I'd come to care about play in games was amazing. But I'm not going to say some cheesy line about how they totally made me reassess how I feel about sports. No, I just don't believe that that's true. For me, the story wasn't really about sports at all. I want to talk about how China's first and best women's frisbee team ended up doing so terribly in such a terrible year. We need to talk about the woman that I saw at that first practice. We need to talk about Jesse, the former captain of the Sirens that ditched the team in the Sirens' worst year. But alas, all my lovely strangers out there, you'll have to wait to hear about that in part two. If you're a true stranger, make sure you follow us on Facebook at Strangers in China. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at Stranger in China. And send me an email as long as it's not about sports. Um, and that's at strangersinchinaofficial at gmail.com. Um, so just a heads up, uh, I'm going to be launching a Patreon for Strangers in China because it's a lot of intellectual and emotional labor to uh, bring these things to you guys. So just letting you guys know. Next time on Strangers in China. This year, not really going very well. Sometimes you make a decision and uh, it's just not good for the community. I'm, at least in my opinion. I would say, I would define myself as like female or male player first. I would say I'm a player. In this environment, like nowadays, women ultimate are uh, barely surviving.